1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll begin reading from verse 18. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. This evening we want to preach on the title, Preaching the Precious Blood of Christ. Preaching the Precious Blood of Christ. In a lot of modern church, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is not preached not as frequently, nor in the same manner, nor scope that it was in years gone by. And the blood of the Lamb seems to be something that's now being downplayed in many places and diminished. People wanting us to preach less and less of the blood. You see, it's the blood of the Lamb is the foundation of this book. And right from Genesis to Revelation, we find that scarlet line. The whole way through, even before an eternity past, right into eternity future. Verse 20 tells us of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world. In eternity past, in the mind of God, the Lamb was already slain. The blood was already shed. His Son had already died and he would be risen again. It also says, but was manifest in these last times for you. So the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the precious blood of Christ, should be preached from every single pulpit in the land. No matter where it is, no matter who they are, the blood, the precious blood of Christ should be heralded up and down our land and up and down our nation, not just on a Sunday, but in every conversation between men and women whom you would meet. Preaching the precious blood of Christ, I said, is being set aside, it's being diminished. We are hearing of men saying, don't preach the blood when you come. Our brother could tell you. Goes around preaching churches, he's off today. So he's with us now today. And he'll tell you there are those who say, don't preach the blood. Don't preach about Christ and his crucifixion and his death on the cross of Calvary. Be easy around the things of the blood. It's too much bloody preaching. Brothers and sisters, you can never get enough of the preaching of the blood of the Lamb. You never get enough of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who would say so, those who would say such things, I would be concerned of where they are with Christ. I would be concerned where they are with Christ. The preaching of the precious blood of Christ should never be set aside, nor diminished, nor talked less about. Listen, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for years from he has uh, basically died and even beforehand in the prophetic 
uh, psalms and the, the prophets beforehand has been talked about and sung among God's called out elect. The church of Jesus Christ has always sung about the blood. They have sung about the blood right through the centuries, right up till recent times when now man is trying to diminish the preaching of the blood of Christ in the pulpit. The blood of Jesus Christ was not only uh, sung about, it was preached with unction, with power, and with conviction, and with determination from the lips of every preacher that ever graced a pulpit that were worth their salt. Notice, when we look at the blood, the precious blood of Christ, when I look at the blood, I look in amazement at the wonder of it all. I look at the glory of it all, and I am in awe of it all. When I behold the cross of Christ and all that he has done for me, when I behold the wounds in his hands and his feet and his riven side, the glory of what he has done, through the gory is the glory where Christ has shed his blood for us. That blood, this particular blood, is the only blood that's able to cleanse. Not animals, not bulls, not goats, not lambs, not mass. This blood, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It alone can cleanse the most vilest of sinners from their sin. It alone is able to free the soul from the grip of death and darkness. It alone is able to save and to redeem the lost and bring them into the fold of God. It alone is able to avert the wrath of God who will judge all with his righteous judgment and will without doubt mete out that judgment with woeful wrath against a Christ-rejecting sinner. That's very solemn. The Christ-rejecter will stand before God. The man and woman outside of Christ will stand before God as their judge. The man and woman not saved, not born again. The man and woman who have never been by faith to the cross of Calvary, Golgotha to that tree, and claimed the blood for themselves, for their own soul will find themselves standing before a holy God, and they will be judged according to all that they have rejected. Notice the wonder, the glory, and the amazement of it is this, that I, me, that I might be saved through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that I might be redeemed, that I might be forgiven, that I might be cleansed, that I might be ransomed, that I might be redeemed, that I might be redeemed by this one and self-same God who judges the sinner, who judges the Christ rejecter, that I am declared righteous in his sight because of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ has shed his precious blood and I have received and believed solely, only, totally, uniquely, and completely, utterly upon the blood of Christ. And on that alone, I know that I am forgiven. And the man and the woman also who are trusting in Christ 
are forgiven also and cleansed from all of their sin. God declares the man in Christ uh, righteous. God declares the woman in Christ righteous. God, he says, we are not guilty. Not guilty of all of our sin. Notice this selfsame God of heaven, who also came in the person of his son to bleed and die on Calvary's tree, at Golgotha, the place of the skull, cried, it is finished. And the precious blood of Christ, whom Peter hath spoken about in our reading, was poured out from Emmanuel's veins, being poured out. There the crimson tide flowed, that guilty, vile, hell-deserving sinners like me, like you, might be saved. Might be saved. Listen to what George Whitfield says even about the very keeping power of God to the believer. The very keeping power of God. The very grace of God on the believer. Listen to what George Whitfield says. Although believers by nature are far from God. Notice, although believers by nature are far from God and children of wrath even as others. Yet it is amazing to think how nigh they are brought to him again by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, we feel him, don't we? How true is it that even this, this feeling flesh, this feeling flesh of this believer, which is as rotten as the sinner's natural disposition in Adam. What I mean is your flesh and my flesh knows no difference than the flesh of the man and the woman who are unsaved and in the world. The only thing that's keeping you is the power of God, the grace of God. For your sin will be the same as their sin because your flesh is the same as their flesh. The difference is we have been washed. We have been bought with a price, with the precious blood of Christ, and we are forgiven. And we find when we sin and we fall before God, not an open course of sin, mind you. When we sin and we fall before God, our sin is the same as the natural disposition that a sinner finds himself in Adam. That his very nature is depraved, his very nature is fallen, and in his very nature he cannot, she cannot save themselves. You and I could never save ourselves. Thank God for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this. I'm me. I'm the one who's like the man out there. Only I am redeemed. My body has been bought. And one day Christ will return in the clouds. And he will change this vile body. To be fashioned like unto his own glorious body. There'll be no more temptation. There'll be no more weaknesses. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more fleshy carnality nor sin that tries to draw even the very believer away for the the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. No more will it be that we will feel the Lord for we shall be like him. We shall be like him. The Holy Spirit within the believer, within me. If you're a believer within you, the Holy Spirit will answer to the blood of Jesus Christ. I love it when the hymn writer wrote, the Spirit answers to the blood. The Spirit answers to the blood. The Spirit answers to the blood and tells me 
I am born of God. Brothers and sisters, if you're washed in the blood, if you're saved and washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit who lives in you, he will answer to the blood and he will tell you, you're a child of God. You're born of God and you belong to Christ. Notice, the Holy Spirit will answer to the blood of Jesus Christ and it cries, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed of God. I am Christ's. I am a child of God. I am unworthy, yet made worthy. And when my flesh and heart condemns me, the Spirit of God reproves me and then reminds me that I am redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Brothers and sisters, do you realize that? Brothers and sisters, do you realize that? I preach the precious blood of Christ in a world who no longer wants to know the precious blood of Christ. There are many other people preaching it, not just me, but it's a, it's a growing trend and brings man into his salvation. It brings something else to add to salvation. We don't need the preach the precious blood. Friend, we need it preached morning, noon, and night. We need it preached from every mountaintop and every valley low. We need the precious blood of Christ to be preached to every heart and into every life, into every situation, and into every family. We need the precious blood for over your marriage, over your home, in your soul. You need the precious blood of Christ to be reminded of it every moment of the day. And every second and every hour, the precious blood of Christ. The precious blood of Christ. I preach the precious blood of Christ to myself. I preach the precious blood of Christ to me every day. I'm going to say it again. I preach to self the precious blood of Christ every day. Why? Because my heart would condemn me. Until I remember the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Until I claim again the precious blood. Until I remember it was a one time, once for all, sacrifice that will never be repeated. And it still speaks in glory this very moment. And I'm covered in the blood. I preach the blood to self. Every day. Numerous times a day. You're washed in the blood, Ken. You're washed in the blood. Ronnie, you're washed in the blood. Ron, you're washed in the blood. Lord, you're washed in the blood. You're washed in the blood. Come on, believer, you're washed. You're washed in the blood. You might feel him. Uh, oh, get over it and get on with it and claim the precious blood. You're washed in the blood of the Lamb, the precious blood of Christ. I preach it to me when I get up. I preach it to myself. Preach it to me when I'm lying in my bed at night and I can't sleep. And the old enemy would want to play with your heart and your mind. And want to take you somewhere in your mind that you get angry at the wrong people. Or or you think the wrong thoughts upon you. And you say, I'm Lord. Or you get fearful of enemy attack or death that looms upon you. And you say, I'm washed in the blood. I'm washed in the blood. Preach to self, the blood believer. You're a preacher, start preaching the blood to yourself. Start preaching the blood to your family. 
Start preaching the blood to your work colleagues. Listen, I preach the precious blood of Christ to self. I preach the precious blood to the saints. That's to you. I'm preaching it tonight. Well, what do we need to hear it for? You know, we're coming here and we're all believers or maybe we're not all believers, but I'm a believer. Most of us are nearly all believers and and I'm sure we're all saints. We're all made righteous in the blood of Christ. We're all saints. Why do we need to know the blood? Why do you preach the blood? Surely it's for the unconverted. I'm telling you, I'll preach the blood to every saint. You know why? Because the devil condemns self and he condemns the saint. And you need to hear it because sometimes you forget it. Sometimes you forget the blood of the Lamb. Sometimes you forget the power of the blood. You forget the blood. So I preach to self and I preach to saints. You preach to self when you go home. You get up in the morning, you say, I'm covered in the blood. I'm washed in the blood. I'm under the blood. And whenever you're seeing a weekly saint, you say, listen, brother, listen, sister, or someone who's failed God, don't go and tell your work colleagues about it. And don't go and run them down to other Christians. Go and tell them, uh, what about the blood? You're washed in the blood. Remind them of the blood. The saints need to hear of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I preach to self, I preach to saints. And I preach to the sinner. Preach to the sinner. The precious blood of Christ. Look, look. I preach to self because my heart would condemn me. I preach to the saint because the devil would condemn them. And I preach to the sinner because you're already condemned. Because you're already condemned. Listen, John chapter 3, verse 16 onward. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, we love that, don't we? Listen, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not, what is it, condemned. He that believeth on him is not, come on church, shout it out. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Sinner, you're already under condemnation. I don't need to do it. But we're showing you the remedy tonight. It's called the precious blood of Christ. Preach to the sinner because my heart would condemn me. I'll preach to the saint because the devil would condemn you. And I'll preach to the sinner. Why? Because you're already under condemnation. You're already condemned. How can we do Without the precious blood of Christ. Notice the precious blood of Christ. Preach it. I'm not a preacher. Listen, you know what a preacher is? Someone that just heralds. Someone that heralds here and you're in work. Listen, Jesus is coming. Look what's happening in the world today. How many times have I stood in this platform and others years before and talked about Russia and Iran with China and, 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 and all the things that would happen, the alliances coming? How many times have I told, and people have laughed at me, you know, and it's happening before our eyes. Preached it just a few months ago. You must be ready because these are the signs of the times of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice, uh, we, we need to preach it. You need to be a herald. 
It's like someone shouting out in the street, a watchman or a watchwoman, and they're going by a house and they see a house on fire. Fire! 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 That's what it means. Shouting, fire! There's fire! Warn the people there's fire! Well, you know what you're doing? You're warning them there's fire! There's fire! There's fire! It's called a lake of fire! We must warn the people. Be a herald and preach the precious blood of Christ. You must pray the precious blood of Christ. Pray it over your home. Pray for your family. Claim the merit, the efficacy of the precious blood of Christ. Pray it, brother. Pray it, sister. There's too many prayers where it's the bless me club. What about thanking him for his blood? What about praising him for his precious blood? What about worshipping Jesus? Thank you for your blood, Lord. Thank you. It's outdated and it's antiquated. It's never going to lose its power, brother. It'll never lose its power, sister. It eternally speaks in glory. It's the blood of the Lamb. And men are trying to throw it out of pulpits. They'll stand before God. They'll stand before God. Preach the precious blood. Pray the precious blood. Proclaim the precious blood. Ponder on the precious blood. Think about it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. See, when I think of my life, see, when I think of who I was, do you think, see, when I think of what I became and what I'd done and the dangers I was in, see, when I think about it, I, 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 I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of it. Oh, the shame, and I wasn't even ashamed before God. I'm just ashamed of self. But if I was to stand before God, oh, the shame on my face. But I don't have to because of the precious blood of Christ. And neither do you because of the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ponder on it, what it's done for you. Ponder on it, sister. Every morning when you get up, think about the blood. Read the scriptures on the blood. Get it out in the afternoon, the Bible, and read about the blood. And pray about the blood. Thank God for the blood. I'm going to keep saying it. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood of the Lamb. Brothers and sisters, I can't get enough of it. Yet one single drop is enough to cleanse the finest of sinners. Because there's power. Power. Wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb. In the blood of the Lamb. Preach it, pray it, proclaim it, ponder it. Listen. Possess it. Come on, it's yours. Own it. He shed it for me. He did it for me. He went to the cross for me. It flowed from his veins for me. Christ's blood was for me. The precious blood of Christ, it was for me. Possess it as your own. Listen, sing about it. Speak about it. Shout about it. Claim it. Own it. Believe it. Because there's nothing like it. Because there's nothing like it. The precious blood of Christ, we are redeemed by it. We are ransomed by the precious blood of Christ. Ransomed from going down to the pit. Redeemed from being our lost and helpless estate. Reconciled back to God through the precious blood of Christ. 
declared righteous, not guilty, justified through the precious blood of Christ. And we have remission of sin through the precious blood of Christ. Listen to the old Puritan Stephen Charnock. He says, let us look upon a crucified Christ, the remedy of all our miseries. His cross hath procured a crown. His passion hath expiated our transgressions. His death hath disarmed our law, the law. His blood hath washed a believer's soul. His death is the destruction of our enemies, the spring of our happiness, and the eternal testimony of divine love. The cross is God's eternal testimony of divine love. Moment by the blood for his own. Listen to Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Atonement by the blood of Jesus is not an arm of Christian faith. Now listen. Atonement by the blood of Jesus is not an arm of Christian truth. It is the heart of it. We'll mention the blood and add it on a little bit. I'll keep, I'll keep us evangelical. We'll mention the blood and I'll keep maybe those fundamentalists. I'll keep them maybe happy. Makes me sound good. We'll just mention just a little bit about the blood of Christ. Brothers and sisters, the blood of Christ is the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of it. The precious blood of Christ is the eternal testimony of divine love. And so therefore it will always forever be marked in glory. It is the heart of Christian truth. And since the precious blood is all things and so much more, how can we deny our lips the privilege of praising God for it? I want you to get this. I want you to hear it because I want you to think about it. How can we deny our lips the privilege of praising God for it? How we can, how we can hope withhold our tongues from speaking well of it? And how can we retain our hearts from being overcome with the wonder and the glory of it? How could we? Why should we? How dare we? How dare we? In our reading, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, Peter writes, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I want to show you four quick points about the precious blood of Christ. First of all, it is personal. The precious blood is personal. Would you say personal? Yes. It's personal. Let's look at this. First John chapter 1 and verse 7. I'll take a drink while you look it up. And on every point, there are many, many other scriptures we could show you. These are ones I've just picked for this evening. First John chapter 1 and verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Notice, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Not you and I have fellowship. We have fellowship with God. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, God's son, cleanseth. I want you to hear it. Sin. 
It's personal to God. I want you to hear it. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is personal to the Father. It's personal to God the Father simply because it's his son's blood. Now you parent, if it was your child come in with a bloody nose, you'd be upset about it. The father sent his son, watched him bleed and die, and shed his most precious blood. It's personal to the father. It's personal to him. Listen, Matthew 26, verse 28. The Lord Jesus is instituting what we call the Lord's Supper that night when he would take the bread and break it. it says, he says, and this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So the blood is personal to the Father because it's his Son's blood. It's personal to the Son because he says, this is my blood. This is my blood. That's not, I mentioned this some months ago or weeks ago. I don't know when it was, but if someone comes up and bloodied your nose, the blood's running out of your nose. It's personal to you. How dare they? How dare they? How dare they bleed your nose? That's my blood. Now think about this. blood was shed from the body of Christ. It's personal to him. Why dare they? It's personal to the Father. It's personal to the Son. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 12. Notice what it says. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Jesus would sanctify it, means he would mark them out with the blood. You know what this takes us back to? Exodus chapter 12, and Israel were coming out of Egypt, and God was passing through in judgment. God says, take a lamb, a sinless, spotless lamb, and take the blood and put it in a basin, and take his up and put it upon the doorposts, and put it upon the door lentils, he says. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You see, he sanctified us. It means he has marked us like the doorposts that Israel were under with the blood upon those doorposts. And when the Father looks at us in the day of judgment, we're sanctified by the blood of the last blood of Christ. Our Passover, who was sacrificed for us. Oh, the precious blood of Christ. What the Lord says in Exodus 12, he says, I think it's about verse 13. He says, the blood shall be like a token unto you. You know what the word token means? Like a beacon, like a flag, like a flag. You know what? There's the flag of the blood is all over me. The flag of the blood is all over you, believer. That's why we need to preach it. We need to show it. We need to tell it. We need to teach it. We need to shout it. We need to sing it. We need it. We need it. We need it. For when the Father looks at us, He sees the blood, the blood of Christ. Like a flag that's flying, He says, they are mine and I will pass over you. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, we're told, feed the church of God. Notice this. 
Notice the language, feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. See, this blood wasn't just the blood of a man. Although he was perfect, spotless lamb, it wasn't just the blood of the man because his DNA within him. Not a man with God dropped into him. Not like a man like you, Ian, where God the Holy Spirit has come into you and into me and other believers. No, no. Right throughout him, entwined and and unified within him, within that body, was Almighty God. It's the blood of God. God's blood. It's personal to God. I need you to think about this because you're, there's some people that are thinking either we don't need to preach the blood. It's personal to God. Well, we don't need to know about the blood of Christ. It's personal to the Son. It's personal to the Father. And listen, it's also personal to the Holy Ghost. And people say, they know, we can get there by our works and by our alms and by our deeds or by our churchianity or our religious uh, religiosity or whatever way we can get there. Listen, friend, if you can get there, then this personal blood need not have been shed. I know I'm outdated by the world. And I know I'm being antiquated in a lot of the church world. This message doesn't stand in their churches, many of them anymore. But I can tell you one thing. This message will stand forever. This will forever ring the bell of heaven. Secondly, moving quickly. Moving quickly. Let me just say before we go. See the word there. Feed the church of God which he's purchased with his own blood. See, see the word purchased. Pepper primorio, I think is how you, you pronounce it. This is what it gives you the idea of. It means to purchase, to keep, to hold, to bring unto oneself. The blood purchased you and God took you. It's just your mind. Your mind. Thou art the sinner's friend. So I thy friendship claim. A sinner saved by grace. When thy sweet message came, you're mine, mine, mine. I know thou art mine, Savior, dear Savior. I know thou art mine. My hardened heart was touched. Thy pardoning voice I heard. And joy and peace came in. Whilst listening to thy word. You're mine, mine, mine. I know thou art mine. Savior, dear Savior, I know thou art mine. So let me sing thy praise. So let me call thee mine. I cannot doubt thy word. I know that I am thine. You're mine, mine, mine. I know thou art mine. Savior, Dear Savior, I know Thou art mine. Hallelujah.
It's personal. Secondly, it's powerful. Colossians 1 and 14 says, In whom, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It's powerful in the sense that there's nothing can forgive you of your sins. There's no way to rid yourself of your sin. No works, nor alms, nor deeds, no good living, no churches, nothing. No sacraments can rid you of your sin and redeem you back to your heavenly Father but the precious blood of Christ. The blood is powerful. It's powerful. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, Having made peace through the blood of his cross, to him to reconcile all things unto himself. Notice, we are found forgiveness through the power of the blood. Now we have peace and we have reconciliation through the power of the blood when none other could join us. The blood would join us. Hebrews 9 and verse 14. How much more but the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Here the eternal God in the person of Christ I told you the blood is personal to the Holy Ghost. Here the Holy Ghost witnesses the cross, the cross work and the finished work of Jesus. Here the Holy Spirit sees the blood and it's marked for glory. And it takes us from dead works. And it takes us from a lifeless conscience. And it takes us and turns us to serve the living God. Ken, why do you serve him? Because you have to. Because he's a terrible God. Because he's a hard taskmaster. Because he's an austere man that the man said in the parable. No, never. Not at all. I serve him because I love him. Because I love him. And the longer you serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that you love him, the more love he bestows. I'm going to start singing again. I better move on. Your ears couldn't take much more of my singing. No more works and no more sacrifice. The power of the precious blood of Christ does it all. The power of the precious blood of Christ enables us, because it's so powerful, to defeat the devil. Isn't that wonderful? Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 speaks of those who are under the blood. It says they overcame him, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Listen, you don't have a testimony if you're not under the blood. You don't have a testimony if you're not under the blood. And under the blood of the Lamb, we have a testimony of the saving grace of God found in our Lord Jesus Christ. We overcome the devil through the power of the blood. And listen to this. Job chapter 25 and verse 4 says, How then can a man be justified with God? How can you be declared righteous? Not guilty. Just as if they'd never sinned. How can a man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? In other words, when you're born, even in your mother's womb, you're a little sinner. (laughs) You know, sinning doesn't make you a sinner. Sinning doesn't make you a sinner. You see, you sin because you are one. You're already a sinner. It's like letting a a car up the top of a hill. 
looking down the gradient and you take it out of gear and let the hand break off, where does it do? It doesn't roll back up and put it on again, does it? No, it rolls down the hill. It's the natural declension through the gravity that will pull it down. Such is man from his mother's womb. Such is womb. It's their natural declension to fall into sin because it's already in their heart to do so. Notice, how can a man be justified with God or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Simple. We know the remedy. It's through the precious blood of Christ. The power of the blood is sang about in Revelation 1 and 5. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Brothers and sisters, I'm hoping tonight by the time we're finished this, you're going to go home with nothing but the blood in your mind, in your heart. By the time you go home and see the next person that tries to demigrate and downgrade the precious blood of Christ, uh, you'll be able to stand and look them eyeball the eyeball and tell them about the blood. Tell them about the blood. Thirdly, and quickly, it's precious. Psalm 49, Psalm 49, verse 6. Listen to what the psalmist says. If they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, verse 7, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him, verse 8, for the redemption of their soul is precious, and that ceases forever. <laughs> Notice this, we have in this uh, three verses, verses 6, 7, and 8, we have the words redeem, ransom, and redemption. Redeem, ransom, and redemption. And the redemption of their soul is precious. The word precious is the word yacher, yacher. And it means just like you and I would think of something being precious. That means costly. Something valuable. But it also gives the idea of something that is honored. Highly esteemed. Honored. Highly esteemed. And here the psalmist tells us that a soul for redemption is precious. It takes a lot to redeem a soul. But I want you to catch this because the word here, yacher, just doesn't mean that. It gives the idea of weighing something in a scale. So it gives the idea of if you have scales and they're on the balances, and on one side you put the soul of a man, the soul of a woman on one side, and you take that other side of the scale and you weigh everything, the riches, the precious stones, the gold, the jewels. You take all the oil, and all the things that men are fighting over, and you keep heaping it on the other side of the scale, will it balance come up? Will it balance that soul to redeem it? It means the scales are still weighed down on the one side. Gives the idea that the soul is too weighty for man or men to be able to ransom and redeem it. When we get the Peter says that we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. In 1 Peter 1 and 19, it's the same idea, only it is in the Greek. It's the word timios. It's the same word idea as yachar. It means valuable, costly. 
But it gives the idea that because the blood of Christ is so precious, because it's the blood of God, it's the blood of his Son, because it's personal to God, it's personal to the Son, it's personal to the Father, it's personal to the Holy Ghost, because this blood is so precious. When it is wed in the balance to the soul in need, it outweighs the soul of every man and woman who will come unto God through Christ. You place the whole lot of us on that side of the scale and guess what? The blood of Christ is more precious. It tips the scale for us. It tips it over that we're saved, that we're cleansed, that we're washed, that we're forgiven. Brothers and sisters, it is highly esteemed because it's personal to God. So the precious blood of Christ is highly honored. It's personal blood, it's powerful blood, precious blood. Last one is pure. Listen, 1 Peter 1 and 19 says we are redeemed with cor- the, not with corruptible things. Notice verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ as as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It's pure. Pure without blemish and without spot. Pilate said of the Lord Jesus Christ in John 9, 19 and 4, I find no fault in him. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 24, his wife said, Have nothing to do with this just person. And pardon me, in Matthew 27 and verse 24, it said that, he says, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. First John chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Hebrews 4 and verse 15 says, He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, For he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 1 Peter 2 and 22 says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Hebrews 7 and verse 26 says, Christ is holy, harmless, undefined, and separate from sinners. And the centurion in Luke 23 and verse 47 said, Certainly this was a righteous man. The blood of Christ was pure. Doesn't come through Joseph, by the way. It came straight from the Holy Ghost. It came straight from God. So I finish with this. Thank you for your attention. The blood of Christ, the precious blood of Christ is personal, powerful, precious, and it's pure. Now listen, Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. Listen to what Luke says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Luke seven, pardon me, Leviticus 17 and verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. Do you know the blood is mentioned in the Bible, the King James, 447 times in 357 verses? The blood, when it refers directly or symbolically to the blood of Christ, shows us the very heart and the very core of our Bible the very true foundation of our Christian faith and heritage. 
The blood of Jesus is the one and only means, method and manner by which a soul can be saved, cleansed, redeemed, forgiven, purchased, ransomed. The precious blood of Christ is powerful and pure and personal. The blood of Christ is the gospel. The blood of Christ is the good news. And listen, close him with this. You ready? I've written this and I mean this. Any departure from the biblical message of redemption through the blood is heresy. And any belittling or diminishing the message of the teaching of the precious blood of Christ is apostasy. It must be avoided at all cost. It is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. If you drain the body from its the blood, the body from all its blood, it dies, and all things left behind is dead and lifeless, just a corpse, a shell. If you drain the the blood out of the body of Christ, the mystical body, the church. If you drain the blood out of the body of Christ, it too will die and become a corpse. If you take mere shell and shadow of what it is and should be. If you take the blood out of the Bible, the preaching of the blood, the teaching of the blood, the witnessing of the blood, the gospel of blood, you'll have a lifeless book. You'll have a powerless preacher in the pulpit. You'll have a meaningless message and messenger. And you'll have false conversions to a known effect of gospel because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Brothers and sisters, we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Don't you let anybody tell you any different. Preach to you any different. You can't get enough of the preaching of the blood of the Lamb. May Christ take his word to us tonight and to all of our hearts to those who are here, we know we're aware there are people listen live. And later, last week, Sunday morning message was listened to or watched, I should say, near 6,000 times. And we don't know how many will hear it. I want them to hear it. If we're in a place where they're diminishing the power of the blood, get out. Get out. And go to where the blood is preached. For it's all in the blood of the Lamb. May God bless his word to all of our hearts this evening. Amen.